Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Way back in the beginning of the program, on episode seven, I invited my bestie, Miriam Connor, to the program to talk about how to maintain a strong friendship throughout the lifespan. Because as I know many of you have experienced, your best friends in college and you're living the same life, your roommates, you're going to the cafeteria, you're on the same clubs and committees watching the, the football team or the basketball team, and life and friendship is a little bit easier when you're living that same exact existence. And then one of you gets married and one of you doesn't and one of you has kids and one of you doesn't. And sometimes it can become a bit of a struggle to maintain that closeness. So we talked about besties forever, how to stay close throughout the lifespan, even when life takes you in different directions. So if you're interested in that topic, please check back. That's episode seven. And I got a lot of nice feedback. Uh, It was a hashtag going around. We went viral, JK but hashtag more Miriam. So a lot of you really resonated with the topic and you enjoyed Miriam. So I've decided to have her back to the program. Miriam, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I've been getting more Miriam before there were even hashtags. So I'm just, I'm I'm just used to that. (laughs) I'm glad you're used to it because the whole viral thing can throw some people for a loop, but glad you stayed grounded. (laughs) But yeah, so one of the things we talked about, and we won't rehash that conversation because again, that's available if anyone wants to check back. But one of the things you brought up as we went into this subject matter was, and it stuck with me because I loved it. And I think there's a lot that we can learn about. And as you know, I have a series called Love Smarter, Not Harder. And certainly we're looking at that in the dating realm and in marriage and in family relationships and also in friendships. And last week I provided three hacks for leveling up in all your relationships and I started with friendships. So when I knew there was a demand for more Miriam, I knew this was was a really good time to have you back on the program to talk about how to love smarter, not harder in friendship. And one of the things you said, as I mentioned a minute ago, one of the things you said was you like to be what you call a no pressure friend. So tell us a little bit about what that means to you and how you think that that helps you love smarter, not harder in your friendships. Yeah, I just made that comment. Yeah. You know, you asked me about it after. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I, I guess I do say that and try to be that as a friend. And what that means to me is just what it is. No pressure. If you're my friend, I don't want you to feel pressure to perform or do anything or live up to some expectations that I don't have. I mean, I want you to to be there for me and be my friend, but know that, hey, if you don't call me back right away or text me back right away or whatever it is that, you know, you think you may be doing, I'm not sitting over there mad. And I've been in friendships like that where I feel pressure right. and I can't be in a friendship like that because I'm like, I just feel this pressure. They're going to get mad or upset if I don't do a a ABC or on their timeline. And I know that 
I try to look at, let's say I call you and leave you a message and maybe you call me back in a week or two. I'm not stewing over there for that week or two saying, she didn't call me back. I can't believe it. Or I'm going to not call her until she calls me back. I left the last two messages because I know how life is. And sometimes you're busier than other times or there. I know that you're not saying I'm not calling her back. You right, know, I, mean? I do not care right. about her. Exactly. So we're I, over. I, it's done. <laughs> so I just feel like to be my friend, I want my friends to know that there is no pressure. I'm your, mm-hmm. if I'm your friend, I'm your friend. And I want others. I want like that reciprocated. Yeah. And that, that is how it is, you know, with my friendships, because I've kind of the other ones where I felt pressure, those have kind of, Sure. You know, leaned away or right. however you want to do mm-hmm. it. It just didn't work because I can't do that. Yeah. You're like, sorry, I'm not your girl. <laughs> no, sorry. I'm out. <laughs> well, you brought up a term that I think is really key to this conversation. And you brought up the word expectations. And when I think about loving smarter, not harder in friendships, I think we have all been, I mean, I'm going back to middle school days, right? When our friendships are so core to our evolving and developing identities, you know, we pick, we pick our friends and that's my girl because we have the same values. And like I said, it's, it's maybe easier when our lifestyle is also very similar and those expectations can, I think, more easily be met. So we're not disappointed as much. And then we get a little older. And like I said, we go in different directions and then to say, what is my expectation of my friend right now? Is it reasonable given her life right now with the three babies and diapers or or whatever the case may be? And then how can we not say, well, I guess our friendship isn't what it was with a little dramatic flair, (laughs) right? How can we say, wait, can I adjust my expectations just in a loving way? Because I love her enough to know I don't want to turn against her or or decide that she doesn't care about me. I just know that she's got a lot on her plate. So to speak a little bit about the expectation right. thing. Don't you think that's a key yeah, element? Yeah, it's huge. And while you were saying that, it, you know, what popped in my mind was somebody that I really care about and respect. I was talking to him about marriage and he said to me, you know, my dad gave me the best piece of, this is marriage, obviously, yeah, but I yeah. think it applies right. across the board relationships. So we'll look at friendships. My dad gave me the best piece of marriage advice that I've ever received. And he said, expectations kill relationships. Mm. And so if we're talking about friendships and I'm like, you know, I thought about that. I'm like, yeah, I, I can definitely see that because if we get upset with someone or we have a problem with someone, a lot of times it can go back to they didn't live up to my expectation. Mm-hmm. They didn't do what I wanted them to do, what I thought. This didn't work out how I thought it was going to, what I expected, my expectations. And so it doesn't mean to say that I think you should just, oh, I, I'm not going to any of them. You could just treat me however you want, do whatever you want. I have no expectations. But when you have these expectations, like you said, they may not be realistic at the time mm-hmm. because of different things going on. So really look at, are my expectations realistic? Why do I have these expectations in the first place? It's to benefit myself. Mm. So that's not really maybe a two-way friendship anyways. So you really have to look and maybe a little deeper as to what your motives are for those expectations. Yeah. And I love to use the word meaning. What's the meaning behind the expectation? If this expectation isn't met, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. Does it mean, like you said, so you call a friend, you leave a message. It's a week, maybe two weeks. That would have never happened when we were in college. We didn't have cell phones. But we were right there. We didn't right. need to. But yeah. Right. But that would happen now. It could conceivably happen. 
Absolutely. And, and it's not, that's the thing you look and you give the person the benefit of the doubt. Right. I know she's not purposely, you know, saying I'm not going to call her back. She's blowing me off. I know that because I know that person. We've been friends for so long. Now, sometimes it may be a situation where the friendship is one-sided. Yeah. Maybe the other person doesn't really want to have this relationship <laughs> with you and they're kind of trying to blow you off. So it depends, you know, how long have you been friends with this person? Right. Is it always that one-sided? And maybe if it is even seems more one-sided, maybe there's a reason. Maybe they are going through something. Maybe they just need you to have a little more grace at that time. Then it'll be reciprocated later. Whatever it is. But, you know, like I said, look and see. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I like that you're asking all of us to take a real kind of clear picture of what that expectation is about. And is it about you? And is that loving? And, but it takes a lot of discipline, I think, with our own thought life and our emotional life to say, okay, let me just sit with this emotion for a minute. I'm, I'm mad. You know, she didn't call me right back. And then we go into our, and that means she doesn't care about me at all. And so forget her because right. I don't care about her. I bet she's calling so-and-so back right. instead of me. Yeah. And then we go, oh, am I in seventh grade again? Perhaps mm-hmm. I am. Because <laughs> that all sounded like seventh yeah. grade. Absolutely. But it, so it takes a lot of discipline. And it's interesting. So it reminds me, okay, the psych nerd has to come out. Sorry. Just has to. We but, love her. We love the psych thank nerd. Thank you. But it reminds me. So in developmental psych, we look at empathy when it develops. And it, it, with little kids, they're very egocentric, so they don't have that empathy. But one of the things we see is that research shows that kids who who are able to demonstrate self-control are able to demonstrate empathy sooner. And what the interpretation of that research finding is the idea that if I have enough self-control to put myself aside for a second, imagine myself in your shoes and then extend to you some empathy. Well, we can do that as adults, but again, it takes, and, and so little kids can even do this, but again, it's that self-control to go, okay, wait, let me just dial down my own selfishness for a second and then imagine what you're feeling right now. And that's a cognitive exercise. It's like I said, a bit of an emotional exercise to just cool your jets, take what 10 deep breaths, like we tell the children. But I think that really, again, it, that kind of generalizes even to adulthood. People who are able to be empathic with their friends can then look at their own expectations, examine them, and then extend a little empathy to their friend as well. Right. And my daughter, who's a teenager, you know, she's navigating through friendships sure. and all that now. So, and that's something that I tell her. First of all, I talk to her about that. Do you want to be that friend that's high pressure? So people like, I can't, I just can't do it. It's too much. I'm out. It's too high maintenance. Or do you want to be that no pressure friend? And then also the balance of also not being, you know, a doormat. So there's a fine line. That's a good point. You have to kind of finesse that. And, And I do try to get her, you know, if someone, a friend kind of did something and she's upset, like, okay, well, let's look at it and let's talk about this. We know this person. Do you think they would do that on purpose? Do you think she would have said that? to hurt you or have done that deliberately. And usually the obvious answer is no. So they were just being thoughtless. So Mm -hmm. let's give her the benefit of the doubt. And I think that could be a conversation you could have with her. Mm -hmm. And I think adults need to probably practice this a little more. Mm -hmm. You know, and I tell her, you have two choices. You can't, well, three choices. You can not be her friend anymore, which, you know, that's not really a good choice unless it was something, you know, major. Or you can... Uh, let it go if you decide it's not really going to bother you and you can let it go because I think that's another thing. Friendships, friends are always going to do things that could kind of hurt your feelings mm-hmm. or offend you from time to time. But if it's, if it's, if you realize it's not done, you know, purpose on purpose and you can let it go, it's not worth saying it, make a big deal. 
let it go. Or I'm like, if, if it is something that you think will bother you or you want them to know, then you have that conversation the right way. So yeah. those are your three choices. So think about, mm-hmm. you know, how you want to handle this specific situation. And I think it's really key to recognize that you can't control what other people do, but you can control your response. Right. I always tell them that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And even we need that in adulthood. And so mm-hmm. if I look at, like you said, I take control. If I've been hurt, I, that feels like I'm out of control. You hurt me. But wait, I do have some control over this in terms of how I respond. And I can also, like you said, extend some grace and then hope that my friend will do the same for me because I'm going to step on her toes sometimes. Right. And right. we have to remember we're going to be the one who's doling out the hurt sometimes. Absolutely. And you don't and sometimes you don't you don't even realize it or whatever it is. So that's and that's what I share with her, too. You know, you've probably there are probably yeah. times where they could say, hey, you know, but maybe they let it go or whatever it is. Right. And people will also kind of treat you how you allow them to treat you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's really key too. So just kind of to segue into that conversation, because I can imagine a listener going, well, I want to have high expectations. I want to keep my standards high and my expectations high. Are those synonymous? Are those different? Or do they want to say, listen, I don't want to have these low level, shallow friendships. If you're my friend, then you're not going to do this crap to me. I mean, I could see someone saying that. I agree that. And my friends don't do a bunch of crap to me because they're my friends, you know, but but always, there is always going to be something maybe with someone that, and I just, like I said, I know you know if it's something major, you know, there are different levels, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And you know if it's done on maybe kind of on purpose or they're, if it's like this person seems to be thoughtless, that's their pattern. That's not what I'm talking about. Right, That's right. different. Then you pattern. need to have a conversation right. or you might say, maybe this isn't mm-hmm. the best situation for me to be in because this is a pattern, you know. Mm-hmm. But if it's just, hey, something happened, but you know what, this really rarely, doesn't really ever happen. So I know it was just kind of thoughtless one time. I can let that go mm-hmm. or have a conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's truly your friend, they're going to say, I didn't realize and I'm so sorry. Okay. And then that's the end of it. Yeah. And I think that's hard for some people. I think people a lot of times go from either I'm not going to say anything and I'll just stuff it and be passive aggressive to like <laughs> make some comments about <laughs> <Right>. it <laughs> or else the other option that oftentimes is they just is they completely just blow up right and I can't I'm out there too I can't do that (laughs) and one thing that over the years as I was kind of navigating my own how do I handle when things felt hurtful or felt wow I'm not a priority anymore because let's be honest you're not I mean that's something that's especially being single all those years we talked about this a little bit in the last episode sometimes it was like wait a minute I used to be top priority well yeah when we were besties and we were there's just in in the dorm room and yeah, and then the men come, but you know we're like fries before guys, and we didn't say that, but I no, think they say that it now. It was white cheddar popcorn. Anyway, <laughs> it was white guys. Smart food, <laughs> but yeah, there was a <laughs> there was a time in our life where yeah, we came first, guys came second, but then you get married, and that would be completely inappropriate in an unhealthy marriage if you kept your girl first and foremost. So I think that one of the things that I started realizing was that, like you were saying earlier. What do I want? Do I want to basically pressure someone to hang out with me, pressure someone to make me a priority? What would that be gratifying to me? And so I've always thought like, and I'll have friends, they'll call me up, you know, hey, they're going to come down and hang out with me. 
call me up at the last minute. It doesn't happen very often because like you, I don't keep those people in my life too much. But if I do at the last minute and someone's like, yeah, I can't, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, did they better deal me? Did they? Because honestly, if they did better deal me, that's not kind and loving. But do I want them to come and hang out with me when their heart of hearts wants to be somewhere else? Actually, no. It, it, I'm sorry that I'm not the deal that you wanted that day. I, I would love to always be everyone's top deal, but I'm not always going to be. And I certainly wouldn't want someone to come and hang out with me just like, well, I guess I have to because I said I would. Right. If they don't want to spend time with you, then that's please don't. Then that's okay. Please don't. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Let's just cut our losses right. now and move on. Right. So I think when people look at that, Like, do I really want someone hanging out with me today because they have some sort of obligation they feel like they need to fulfill? She's going to get mad or whatever. I I passively, aggressively strong-armed them into hanging out with me. That's so gratifying. I'm so glad that we're spending time together because you so don't want to be here. Yeah, I think just those are the kind of relationships you just let go and you don't have to beat yourself up about it. And you don't have to be angry with the other person either. Yeah, It doesn't mean that person's a jerk either. Maybe you guys just start clicking. Yeah. That happens as, as adults too. Sure I've does. met people that yeah. are perfectly wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful people. Like yeah. super nice, great, a great person. And it just doesn't really, yeah. it's not like I don't like them or they don't like me. It's just, but it's kind of mutual, you know, and that's okay. Like maybe we, she, they're fine to talk to, but it's not someone that you're going to spend a lot of time with. Doesn't mean that you don't like them or they're a bad person. It just may not click. And so don't force it. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't click, it doesn't click. You can't be best friends with, you know, 75 people. Yeah. And that's, again, that's an unrealistic expectation. And my listeners know because I talk about this with dating all the time. If you date someone for a couple months and you're not a fit, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. It's just not a match. I'm feeling it. And the same happens in friendships. And it happens a lot, really. And then people kind of keep limping along in the friendship. And maybe it's because they were introduced by another mutual friend. So there's a group element or the kids are on the same team. And so all the mothers go during practice, the mothers go and have brunch. And some mothers like, I really don't want to be there with those women. They are not my people. Some people feel guilty because some people are truly, genuinely super nice. And they think, you know what, it's better to do this than hurt someone's feelings. And you do have to be sensitive I mean you should be sensitive about it yeah if you don't want to really be a friend friend with someone you know I say friend friend like you know really good friend but you don't want to hurt their feelings so you can do that in a nice sensitive way but I think some people feel too guilty it's like oh I'm just gonna let this keep happening because I don't want to be mean and that's a good quality right but yeah let's get specific (laughs) How many friends have you actively had to be like, oh, no. The well, let me get out my notepad. Yeah. I don't know. The no. drama. Honestly, I've been very fortunate that I've had great friendships and in all stages of my life. But I think, you know, looking back, I think that, you know, it's interesting because there are friends that I had at certain stages that mm-hmm. were good friends. Yeah. I thought really good friends. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then it's just we're not really friends anymore. Not like we're like, you know enemies or anything like that where nothing happened mm-hmm. there wasn't an incident no one if of I your s- friends yes if i saw that person we would be like oh hi da, 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 you know yeah but we don't actively kind of seek each other out and it, i think this just happens with time and seasons of life and things like that and i think people need to be okay with that so and i i have you know i can think of one friend in particular 
we were very good friends and we spent a ton of time together in a certain season of my life and things changed with her. Yeah. She had, you know, she went through some things. No, I remember. She, yeah. She really changed. Yeah. Yeah. values like the core like yes. not just like not just like busy she, and yes. didn't have time for you so you were like forget no it was like yes. core values yes. like ways of being that Definitely. you were aligned at one point and then no longer were no longer were at yeah. all and so that was hard for me because it was kind of like yeah in my life totally out of my life yeah and then I thought well what do I do do I still try to reach out I don't want it to seem like well now I don't I don't want anything to do with you anymore because you're going you know yeah. this way or you, because we don't align any more values right. I was like I still want to show love so it was a little bit of a struggle and it just kind of um you know it just kind of it kind of just phased just out because phased she out. was going in such a different yeah. direction it was and, like polar opposite and she didn't want to have that relationship with me at the time because no. she had gone so opposite so that's okay yeah and you know what she's in a good place we've spoken since and had a great conversation yeah. It's not going to, that's it. It kind of was, maybe that was like a little closure. We had a great conversation. Yeah. I'm glad she's doing well. If I ran into her, it would be great to see yeah. her. We'd have a good, good conversation again. But no, neither of us are like, hey, let's keep on calling each other and things like that. So, But yeah. you also knew, and I think this is the other thing that's important to underscore here, is you knew it wasn't about you. And I think sometimes people, if someone goes in a different direction, they can start taking it personally like, well, we were so tight and now she's doing all this stuff with all these other girls and 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 then take it personally. Whereas you were very clear, she's going through something like right. this is like, I don't know, she wasn't old enough for a midlife crisis, but it was something like along those lines. You really can't describe it any no, other way. It was such an about mm -hmm. face from her, the life that she was leading when you guys were close. Right. And right. It had nothing to do no. with me. It had nothing to do with anybody else. And yeah. so, right. I knew that. So yeah. I, that was a, at least one, you know, good point. I didn't, I didn't feel guilty. I just felt, I was sad yeah. for that loss. It was a loss. And then I felt uh, for a little while, like, uh, what do I, what do I do here? Do I keep trying to reach out? Right. Do I try to, so right. Just kind of navigate that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so I just feel like, you know, friendships can, there are a lot of different reasons why they can come and go. Mm -hmm. And you have to, like we said, no, no expectations. Not, not when I say that, I don't want to say like zero expectations. I know we covered that a little bit, you know, but pressure. Yeah. I think that's a good way. That's a good distinction. Mm -hmm. Expectations versus pressure. You can have expectations. You can then, like we said, kind of examine them, but that's quite different than pressuring. Let me share my story. <laughs> so I've had that situation where I did have to cut someone out of my life and that's not happened too often but it has happened and here's one example of it I was really tight with a girl I was in my early 30s so our roomies everyone's married everyone had kind of moved away having babies and I'm in Chicago so I'm doing what we do is I gotta have a little posse of girls to hang out with and one of them was this girl we'll call her what shall we call her? We'll call her Chrissy. Chrissy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't like her already. <laughs> you don't. You would have hated her. <laughs> anyway, but we were friends and we were pals and we had a good time for a season. Then she moved. She graduated. She was in grad school and she moved from Chicago to another state, which will not be Maine. <laughs> uh, another state. It wasn't Maine. <laughs> no, another <laughs> state. And she moved to another state, which will not be named. But then she um, had a birthday party. And 
she was a drama queen and wanted to have this big blowout. And I can't, I don't even know if it was like a milestone birthday anyway. So she's like, can you come to my birthday? No, Chrissy. <laughs> and I said, sure, Chrissy, I'll come. And I, it was one of those things where she wanted this big party and she wanted to go dance in till two in the morning. And I was really just not feeling well, just, and I'm like crazily healthy person, but this particular day I was not feeling well. So this is the kind of person she is. I fly from Chicago for her birthday party, but because I'm not on the dance floor, like, woohoo, like whooping it up until 4 a.m., I'm tired and she's come, come on, get on the floor, dance floor. She's mad at me. Like, literally mad at me. <laughs> so. so, right. She's mad at you because her expectations there you go. of you were that you were going to be party, party all night. Right. And because you weren't feeling well. So instead right. of seeing what can she do, are you okay? Sit down, take a break. You know, so it's fine. I know you came all this way. I'm sorry you're not feeling well. Just sit down. I'm so glad you're here. I'm just glad you're here. No, it none of that. It was all because right. everyone there had to be right. doing what she wanted and what she, um, you know, yeah. had expected you to do. There you go. And when that didn't work out her way, she acted like a little child. Yeah. And so obviously you knew yeah. right then and there, which I could tell you long before that, that Christy was not really your true friend. <laughs> no. It, but you just it, let it go. You know what? I know you. And so I know it's not like you had this big blow up with her. You right. didn't make a big thing. You weren't, no. you, you didn't blame yourself. You're like, well, it maybe, you know, it was her birthday and maybe I should have tried to dance. No. I was like, just let it, Christy. I, yeah, and I, nice you know, knowing you. And honestly, yeah, it really, and it was just a slow fade. I wasn't even going to, I think we did have a little email exchange because I wasn't responding to texts and I was just kind of leaving some distance, kind of doing that slow fade out. Like, I don't need uh -huh. to have some big confrontation. No. I'm just not that dramatic. So it's just like, I'll just sashay out. You do your thing. Plus, we have, we're states away. This is going to be fine. Easy. You know? Right. Yeah, easy. But you showed me everything I needed to know. Like you said, that you had no concern that I wasn't feeling well. It was just if I wasn't out on that dance floor doing like the electric slide until 4 a.m., <laughs> you're going to be disappointed and say your birthday's ruined. Okay. So, oh, oh, and I also forgot to mention. Yeah, I could see how that would ruin her entire birthday if one person was oh, not on the dance floor. Well, let's, oh, and now that I'm talking about this, because I hadn't thought Chrissy's about this listening. one. Chrissy is probably not listening, but I remember I put on some outfit to go out dancing and she didn't like my top. She didn't think it was sexy enough. So she's like, we're going to wear slutty tops. And wait, I'm like, oh, are we? This, this whole thing just totally took a, a whole turn that I... Okay. But I'm not sure why Christy thought she could just felt it was her place to tell everybody what to wear. Yeah, no, it's her birthday. So well, I don't Princess really Christy. Care if it was her right. birthday or not. And then get angry with someone if they don't want to wear I the know. kind of shirt she wants them to wear. No. I know. I don't sure why you even proceeded with the party. Exactly. I flew yeah, up right there, back so. out to Southwest and said, change my <laughs> departure flight, please. Probably should have. But I remember, you know, actually now that I think of it, it's funny because you know I you just don't I just don't care. So I haven't thought about this in a million years. But I do remember in the email exchange, she came at me and I just calmly responded, hey, Chrissy, great to hear from you. <laughs> and then I said something. It's really clear from this past weekend and your birthday that what you expect from my from our friendship is not something I'm in the position to give you. I wish you all the best. You know, it's just pretty clear. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Did she respond? 
I can't remember. Yeah, but that was we good sh- that you told her. It was kind. Yeah. But you were like, this just isn't going to happen. Yeah. But you didn't say anything no. you know, mean or specific. Or you did this. or you. you know, get, there's no reason to get into it. He said, she said kind of thing. It was just like, yeah, it's clear that this is just not really yeah. going to happen. So that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's it was really kind of simple. And it wasn't a big thing. I think also, hmm, I mean, as I'm thinking about love smarter, not harder in friendships, I think we also need to pee. It's not that you ever want to say, you want to give people a chance. But honestly, she had, do you think Princess Chrissy, this was the first time that she'd acted like this? No, there had been some red flags. So did this come out of left field? Not entirely. So I think along the way, but granted, like I said, you had moved, Dean had just had babies, Runyon's moved, you know, so so my core people weren't available. So I was like, okay, I'll hang out with some other nice girls. But I also probably, well, that, she sounds super nice. She I'm was, glad you uh, made that she, choice. She, I did. I made a great choice. <laughs> well, you were trying to, for one, have she, fun. And yeah. then you were trying to be nice. She invited you yeah. to her birthday. You're like, okay, I'll go to her birthday. I'm trying to be nice. You know, even though there had been red flags. Yeah. But, but I, I it wasn't that surprise. Right. And so I wasn't, wasn't hurt. I was just like, no. okay, it's not a fit next. Thank you. Next. Have you heard? You can now listen to my book, Single is the New Black. Don't wear white till it's right. As you know, I wrote the book I wish had been available to me when I was single. So obviously, it's not about how to snag a man. Rather, it's all about how to stay strong amidst single shaming and remain true to yourself and never settle for anything less than an extraordinary relationship. Find it on Audible or iTunes. And for a free sample, check out Chapter 11 of Single is the New Black in Episode 145 of Love and Life. Another thing is you may have a friendship or friendships where your friends, you meet somebody, you're like, oh, I think you kind of strike up a friendship, starts going, going along, going fine. And then you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't gotten to know them so well, or I wish I didn't know these things about them. And, you know, I've had that happen where I'm like, now it's kind of like not going to happen, but now what do I do? And listen, people have probably done the same thing about me. I'm sure they're like, oh yeah. And then they're like, ah, she's driving me crazy or she's just way too much. I can't deal with her. So I'm not saying that it's, you know what I mean? Right, only yeah. one-sided. I'm certain that it's happened um, the other way around. But you know, where that happens, then you realize, oh man, yeah, I wish, and probably in, even in romantic relationships, all relationships, then you're like, yeah. ah, I wish I would have known these, found out these things are right. Spent too much time with them now. I I know these things and they're going to drive me crazier. So then you're in that situation and then it's hard to, it's hard because then you think, well, it can come across as like, right. well, you're not good enough for me or I'm too, yeah. I'm better. And that's not what it is. It's just once you realize, then it's like, and you struggle and I struggle too with that sometimes like, well, you really should try to befriend mm-hmm. everybody and be friendly. But I think you can be friendly and kind to everyone without being a great you can be, there are levels of friendship. Everybody knows that, you know, you can have your acquaintance, you know, kind of a friend. So maybe different, different social activities or circles that you may do um, just because that's when you, the only time you see them. And then you have like that really core, you know, the really deep friendships and those circle of trust, circle of trust. (laughs) And then those can move, you know, sometimes some people move into that, you become better Mm -hmm. friends with them. And then sometimes it's like, ah, it just kind of faded away. Like it's a slow fade. But that situation where, 
oh man, I really was liking that person. I thought we had, yeah, you know, right. friendship going and then now they either dropped a bomb on you or it's just something that you feel like, I don't know if I can get past this as far as being in that inner circle. Right. It can still kind of be friends or yeah. acquaintance or something. Because I know that has happened to me a couple of times. And like I said, I'm certain people have done that. Yeah. Opposite. But yeah. if you had that situation too. Yes. I have. I've had a, a friendship that was very... In, I really enjoyed her and but I, looking back I think a part of me and I think a lot of women can relate to this there was a part of me that saw that she was in a really bad place and I thought gosh you know no one's really listened to her or encouraged her or she's not had a friend based on she had this job that was really time consuming and then she was in this really bad marriage this wasn't Christy was it um, okay. Chrissy 2.0. Like, no. no, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> right. So you're thinking I'm going to kind I of help her slash befriend her to do the good, to do a good thing. Yeah. And I don't think that I was thinking, I mean, because in, in the helping profession, you're always very careful. Like I'm off the clock, right? I'm not a therapist right now. I'm a friend, but sometimes that can bleed in. And I think anyone, like you said, we're, we're you know, women are socialized and we want to be kind and loving and try. But I think I've had a situation with one woman I'm thinking about, Chrissy 2.0, and it was really, a, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs, but there became a point where she would talk about this bad marriage so often and there was literally no reason to stay in the marriage. She didn't need the money. She, they had no kids. There was nothing. There had been no love in this marriage, literally, physically speaking as well, for years. So after seriously the 90th conversation about this bad marriage and what would I do? Okay, I told you the first time what I would do. It got to the point where... You were more her therapist than it, her friend. A little bit it of that. It kind of came to like... She, when you were with, when you were together, she was going to not use you, not purposely, but like, no, it's not on purpose. You're, you became her therapist. And all it was, was the conversation was her talking about the same thing and asking you the advice, you giving her the same advice in which she never takes. And then it was just that repeat, repeat, <laughs> repeat whenever you saw her. So that's not a two way friendship either. Right. If you're not, Hey, Karen, how are you? What's going on with you? No, it's just, boom, let me have my therapy, hit the couch right. for my session here. And that can happen. I don't, not just with people who are psychologists. I think that can happen in any relationship. You know, in, and we talk about this also in therapy, in marital therapy, and I've shared this on the podcast before. We talk about water seeks its own level. And what that means is, and it's hard to visualize over a podcast because it's just audio, but it's the idea that if, if your water is going through a U-shaped pipe, it's going to level off. You're not going to have, so imagine a U-shape. And if you pour water into this, and this is a plumbing analogy. I don't know why they chose this because very few people can relate to this. I need to figure out another way to say this. However, comma, for now, the idea is that if we're not emotionally, psychologically, now we don't have the, the exact same. We certainly don't have to have gone through the same conditions or situations or circumstances. But if we're not about the same, it can start getting to be, like you said, not a two-way street. And no one means to. No one's like, oh, there's Karen. I want to be her friend, so she'll be my psychologist. No one means to do that. But then again, loving smarter, not harder. You can work too hard to keep a relationship together in a friendship now where you just don't have that same level of it's just combative, just the compatibility, way yeah. like whatever. Yeah, because and and I've I've been with friends at times where maybe we have an hour or two together and I realize like I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think I talked the entire time. It was all about me this time. But but sometimes it is like if they're if you want to 
you know, there's something to share or they say, tell mm-hmm. me about this or I haven't seen you. And then like, oh yeah. my gosh. But then the next time, maybe it's the other right, way around. The reciprocity kicks right. in later. But some, you just have to make sure that, you know, are you the friend that it's every time? Yeah. You every right. time. And I don't have, I can't think of friendships that I have right now currently that are like that. So that's good. I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate. But, you know, sometimes you have that and you want to walk away and you're like, yes, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking again. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, so it's just that's that's talking about being a good friend also mm-hmm. is just making sure, like I said, there are some times where it's just going to yeah. be that way and that's okay and nobody cares because like, no, I want you to tell me about well, this. Because they're going through a big yeah. thing. Or, or I, want, I asked you or I want to, it's fine. Next time I'll tell you about this and this. But, um, you know, being that no pressure friend, also being, making sure, and that's just kind of good etiquette too, that you're kind of yeah. checking in with them, that it's not just, you know, they're your therapist kind of thing or mm-hmm. you're your sounding board, but it's never reciprocated. Right. Have you ever, in that situation I just described, have you ever stayed in a friendship longer probably than you should have or kept it closer, maybe out of guilt Or, yeah, I probably, I kind of started this friendship because I think, I know I have in the past, like kind of tried to, tried again, trying harder than what really made sense. It just wasn't going to be that. You don't want to be unkind, like I said before, and you want to be, and you, and especially it's hard, like, it's like, well, there's nothing wrong with this person, you know, maybe, maybe, or, or they're nice, or it just depends on the situation. Like the one you just described, like, no, that's time for you to kind of move on and just slowly fade out and we don't have to be unkind about it. But I think we've probably all stayed in a friendship where, and I think it's, it's good to know that like you can have friends that are totally different from you. I think that's great. You know, that's what makes the world go around kind of, you know, but um, to, to stay when you know, like, I guess the older that I'm getting, I am probably like, this is like, oh my gosh, how come older people are like, have no patience now? I'm like, oh yeah, I can see that. I, got, I can see that. I get it now. I'm totally. So I feel like the older I'm getting, I realize though, I don't have much time right. to spend with friends at all. And so um, the, the time that I do, I want it to be with people that I really want to be mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And I don't, there are so many people that I think can think of now, like, I don't really get to see that I want to, mm-hmm. I don't get to talk to very often, you know, yourself included as much as I would want to. So to spend that time and energy right. on a friendship, I hate to say, you know, Nate, that probably isn't really going anywhere or that I, mm-hmm. where I don't want to be, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that anymore. And mm-hmm. so, and I think you can do it in a nice way and just kind of, because like I said, you only have yeah. so much time and you can think about, well, I really haven't, this is someone I really, really would like to see or talk to and I haven't in a long time, but then I'm putting this time and energy where I don't want it to be. And you know what? There's also nothing wrong with just, it doesn't have to be about you. Maybe this person needs you for a time yeah. and that's a yeah. good thing mm-hmm. too. And that's mm-hmm. a, that's the right thing to do. It doesn't have to be like, like what I just said is kind of more about me but it's also good maybe someone just needs you for the time Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. but doesn't mean it have to be you know forever or kind of Mm -hmm. thing like that but so so that contradicts what I said a little bit but you know it just made me think that it's okay if it's if you're helping someone (laughs) maybe get through something but in the instance you described it was like it was not ever it was just gonna never gonna change that kind of relationship so yeah there's a tension there there really is. It's like you're saying, I don't think you're contradicting yourself because I think there's a tension between being authentic and recognizing, like you said, this is not 
a friendship that I really should continue to cultivate because it's really not going to ever be that inner circle. And I have such limited time anyway. But then the other part of that is, but does that mean I don't want to be available to someone who could, I don't know, for whatever reason, God's put them in my life Mm -hmm. and I, I could be supportive for them and I'm happy to do that. And I want to do that. But then also the the final piece of this tension is I don't want to be phony where I'm kind of and 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 would someone want to be my friend if they knew well she sees me as like the project right she's just doing this to help me kind of thing, I'm right? on her caseload as we say right. in the helping profession in the biz right I mean so there's that other element so it gets a little dicey there Are you looking for customized, personalized gifts? Mugshop Montreal by Brie Jackson has got you covered. She offers a beautiful selection of high-quality, personalized custom products. What started off as a fun project for family and friends soon developed into a passion for creating custom keepsakes for anyone, for any occasion. She decided to take the plunge and follow her artistic vision by creating Mug Shop Montreal, a home-based business where she collaborates directly with her clients, using their inspiration to design a detailed, heartwarming souvenir that many have given as gifts or have decided to keep for themselves. You can visit her on Instagram and Facebook at Mug Shop Montreal to browse her lovely products. So I'm really struck as we're talking, there are so many parallels to dating and to marriage. And that sounds a little weird, like, really? But yeah, because so we did an episode and I had Dan come on. Other than you, Miriam, he's the other one that they like to hear from. All right. I'll allow that since it's Dan. (laughs) So yeah, hashtag the one. Dan and I did a, a podcast a while ago called Relationships Shouldn't Be All That Hard. And it was a response to either relationships or marriage. You know, I love this notion. People like, well, marriage takes a lot of work. It's just a lot of work. And I've always resisted that. When I was single for forever, I thought, well, if it's that much work, I'm not interested. (laughs) I understand it takes some effort, of course. But my position always has been with dating and then, of course, in marriage as well. But mostly in dating because I'm hoping people would recognize if it's taking that much work in dating, it's going to be even harder in marriage. So my point is, if it's that hard, it's probably not a match. And I think the same applies for friendship, don't you think? I think so, too. I think this would be something I would tell my daughter, Yeah, know, as we talked about, or my kids. If you have a friendship and there's all kinds of drama, right. and it's just constant drama, and it's so hard to be this person's friend, there, there's always an issue, there's always a problem, that doesn't really sound like friendship. You know, I think of qualities of friendship, you know, kindness, love, patience, you know, the same as with the re- any yeah, kind of relationship. Right. And, you know, forgiveness and understanding, all these kind of things, that doesn't sound like true friendship to me. It just sounds like a mess that I don't know why you'd want to be part of. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't have maybe a disagreement or a difference with a friend and kind of work through it. I'm not saying that that's, you know, there should never be anything, although... I, I'm thinking my friends, I'm like, I haven't really had like any, any fights with any of my yeah, friends or anything like that. Even if you don't agree with every, you know, <laughs> everything you're going to fight about it. But so I would tell my kids, you know what? I think that's probably maybe someone 
obviously you're not going to be mean to them. You can just kind of slow fade, kind of like we talked mm-hmm. about, but let's maybe like distance ourselves from that mm-hmm. person or that group a little bit because that might not be so healthy. Whatever's going on, it just seems just way too difficult, too much work, the drama. So I, that applies to adulthood as well. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking when you know, you're know you saying that, I'm like, why would somebody, that's not friendship and why would you want to be in a friendship like that somebody's not being a true friend right or, or both however you know whatever the story is usually kind of meets in the middle sometimes but somebody's not being a, a really good friend and i think that's time for maybe a conversation at least maybe to really look at why am i in this friendship what what's what's going on how is this making me feel how is this making the other person feel how is it affecting Maybe it's time to take a little break, a step back from that yeah. friendship. I, I don't really say friendship because that's not really a friendship yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't. I, I honestly struggle. Like you said, in adulthood, I don't have drama in my friendships. No. Like I said, the drama that I've expressed, they, those people are no longer in my life. No, I don't have drama because I don't have, I don't hang around people like right, that. I don't right. have people like that that are going to be having drama with me. Maybe someone has drama in their life. And if you're a friend, maybe you can try to help them. Yeah. Like, you, to have drama in your relation, your friendships as an adult is weird to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of that. Like when's the last time I even had like an, uh, an argument with a friend or yeah. ever, I can't really even recall. Yeah. So, cause I think you would just kind of like you said, slow fade or whatever it is, but why are you in that? What do you you're you're getting something out of it if you're staying in that kind of relationship? There's a benefit to you. You yeah. like the drama. You're getting something out of it if you're yeah. in a friendship like that. I agree, hundred percent. I thought you were the therapist, but <laughs> thank you for that insight. That was impressive. No, because I did a post like that a while ago and it was something like funny thing. The people who talk most about how they don't want drama are the ones who have drama in their life. People who don't have drama in their life never talk about drama. What's there to talk about? Why would you talk about drama? I don't get it. Right. So what do you think they're getting out of it? So, I mean, now we can get really psychodynamic and think about... Do they need, like, if you don't have this impassioned response, you don't really care about them. So they're trying, always trying to elicit this, this very dramatic and this very histrionic tears and anguish. And so anything that's more kind of, <laughs> they, they need those highs and lows to feel alive. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> because I would do everything to avoid the right. drama. I know. It's, I mean, I'm not interested in that. So I, I don't really know what you would get out of it that would be beneficial to you unless you just have to have, I mean, I, I do know people like that. We all do that do like the drama and they just yeah. have to have some kind of drama. And I don't know if it's just the attention that they feel they're getting from it. Maybe yeah. even though it's negative, I don't, I really don't know Yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't, there's nothing appealing about that right? to me. And I, I try to teach my kids like, you know, if someone is super dramatic, there's always drama mm-hmm. following this person. You need to steer clear of of that situation. Yeah. And I do think it probably goes back to some stuff that's really pretty deep seated in their childhood that they maybe saw a lot of knock down, drag out fights with their parents. And so and then the parents were like, that's what love is, is that you can just disagree and get really crazy and then make up. And so they have this different, an entirely different conception of what a, a relationship is and what's appropriate. 
And I think that they, I think people like that sometimes think that people who have more kind of just steady and even keel relationships are boring. They're boring, yes. Yeah. Like, you're oh, they're boring. boring. They're boring and you don't really love each other because you don't just tell each other what's what. <laughs> and you can also tell, you can also be honest in any relationship and kind of quote unquote tell each other what's what right. without being dramatic about it. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be a huge drama. You can just have a conversation. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So love smarter, not harder for me is n- no drama. And and I think part of this conversation, too, is it gets back to understanding yourself. And we talk about this with dating all the time as well. The more I understand myself and what works for me and what I need in a relationship as far as dating and marriage, it's similar with friendships. If I understand myself and know this is this isn't going to work because that's not how I roll. And if you think I'm boring, cool, because I think you're a hot mess. <laughs> so cool. Let's just part ways. So I think that it all kind of, I really hadn't thought about that, that there'd be so many elements that overlap. A lot. I mean, just Mm -hmm. because relation, and I think with a lot of your podcasts, you know, when I listen to them, they, to me, I'm like, you can apply that to marriage, friendship, relationship, parenting, you know, so many, any type of relationship, which is what you're, Mm -hmm. you know, about all relationships. So they do have an overlap for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is great because then if we learn a skill set in one context, then we can apply it to other realms of life. So yay. yay, yay <laughs> we <you>. double dip. <laughs> yay us. So Miriam, do you have any other thoughts about loving smarter, not harder, or the no pressure friendship? Oh. Anything else you want to leave listeners with that, I mean, I'm just thinking about like, say there's like 25 year old Miriam and Karen and they're like, hey. Are we still? Oh my gosh, I forgot. (laughs) But yeah, if they're, if they're kind of going, wait, we want to have, we want to be able to do it. You know, 20 years from now, we want to be like these guys and, and that they're still close and that they don't live in the same state and one's got kids and one doesn't, well, I have stepkids and, you know, and one got married young and one got married less young. (laughs) I was going to say, not as young, but still young. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so if they're thinking how do we do it I mean I hope we've yeah. given them some information today yeah. we've given them some tools I think how do you do it you know I said that friendship shouldn't be so hard and a lot of work and I believe yeah. that but I do want to back check on that a little bit or backpedal or whatever we say because you you do it's fine to work at it especially mm-hmm. like with us when you do have those different you know, seasons, different situations, different things going on. We don't live near each other, all those kind of things. So you do need to put a little work into it. And mm-hmm. I don't mean work where it's like, oh, it's exhausting and like right. trying to make this work with her friend. But you do need to put some work into it. And both of you, you know, mm-hmm. and so be willing to. And we talked about this on the last podcast um, when I was on that. Be willing to kind of meet them where they are at mm-hmm. that stage of yes, life. I like and that. maybe it's not the same as yours at the moment. But we're still going to make this work and we're going to go through the changes because it's worth it if it's worth it. So do be willing to put a little bit of work into it. Don't assume that, well, they're going through this stage of life, so I'm not needed or important or vice Mm -hmm. versa. And they probably are busy with their other friends that are like them at the moment Mm -hmm. because that's not necessarily is probably not true. So kind of trying to meet each other where they are at the time. Just keep 
being in their life, just keep being mm-hmm. in each other's lives. And then, but don't have that pressure on them, but don't, um, step away either or back away, like, and, and assume that, well, they're probably, like we said, they're doing other things in their life than I am. They don't have time for me or they're not going to understand what I'm going through anymore right. because that that's not the case. And just keep being there and keep saying, we're going to, we're going to, this is worth keeping. We're going to keep this friendship going. Yeah. And I agree. It's not work per se, but it's effort, effort. and it's intention like yeah. and it's, intentional effort, yeah. not work. Yeah. yeah. But I, intentional yeah, but I mean, that's just semantics. Because... Yeah, but I like that word better. <laughs> <laughs> because when work kind of has like a negative, it like, does. oh, it's too much work. Right. But just effort, put in that effort, mm-hmm. both of you, and don't give them pressure. But, you know, it's worth it. I mean, we've been friends for, I mean, I don't know, I want to say the years. Please, <laughs> please don't. But we still make an effort to, and we don't mm. talk as much as I would like to on the mm. phone. There'll be times where it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to her in what feels like forever. Mm-hmm. We get right when we do. It's like no big, you know, doesn't feel any time yeah. has passed. But then we always try to say, we need to do better. We need to do better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we will for a while and then we don't. We, but we're not angry at each other or feel like she mm-hmm. didn't call me. And and we always make the effort to see each other at least a couple of times a year, even mm-hmm. though we don't live in the same state. And that's super special to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, now with everything, phone and social media, you can at least keep up with each other oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's a lot easier. It is easier. We'd have to put our phone card digits in, the 800 numbers on the back. I don't know what like you're talking put about. Put your phone card in to try to call and I all think that. my grandmother had to do that, right. but me, no. Right. <laughs> well, thanks, Miriam. That was so fun. It was. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, yeah. No pressure, ladies. No pressure friendship. Love smarter, not harder in friendship. The love and life hack for this week is no pressure besties. An option for those who want to maintain a solid friendship over the years and across the miles. Thank you so much for sharing a portion of your day with us. Connect with Miriam on Instagram at Mir Connor, M-I-R-C-O-N-N-E-R. And check out her podcast, Apparently Speaking, where she delves into all kinds of subjects related to parenting, brings on experts to share what they are learning, the cutting edge research about how to parent in today's modern age. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril.